there, folks. Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm Tyler, and I am full of mashed potatoes and <laughs> pumpkin pie. Urgh. It was Thanksgiving here in the States yesterday. I hope everybody had a chance to spend time with their family. Uh, if you're not in the States, I hope you still had a chance to hang out with your family. I uh, split my time between a couple different houses, so uh, I just I mainly snacked all day, which is really nice instead of, you know, just stuffing yourself with 10 pounds of mashed potatoes and trying not to take a nap at probably what one or two in the afternoon. <laughs> but uh, we are finishing our horror movie Thanksgiving double feature week. Uh, that's a horrible name, but you know what? We're going to, we're going to stick with that, <laughs> that we started with Melanie Stone uh, from Deadstream and VHS 99 on Monday. And we are now concluding this special with Terrifier 2's Lauren Lavera. Now one I hope I can have Lauren back on the show because she was just a joy to talk to. But two, even in the short amount of time that we had during this interview, I learned so much about her. I mean, she's a Philly native. She has more than 20 plus years in the martial arts world. I mean, she's a complete and total badass. But she also grew up watching Bruce Lee movies. I mean, she grew up watching different martial arts films, knew she wanted to perform in some way, shape or another. And ultimately, years later, would find herself on a set working with M. Night Shyamalan and learning the ins and outs of how a set works, how to be an actor on set, how to perform, how to really acknowledge story was an experience that would push her to pursue her dream head on. And now she takes on Art the Clown and Terrifier 2, the, the biggest horror film of the last decade. So I, what else is there to say? She has so much on the horizon. I can't wait to see what she does next. I hope I can have her back on the show. It was just, it was great. So let's not, uh, let's not delay any further. Let's sit down. Let's have a chat with the awesome Lauren Libera. Hi, my name is Lauren Libera. I'm an actor and I'm the lead in Terrifier 2. Hell yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> I also saw that you're a martial artist too. Is that true? Yes, I did. And doing it my whole life, man, for like 20 years. And it's really fun. So I just got done teaching a kickboxing class and it was so great to like yell at people. I love doing it and they love it. So it's like a perfect marriage. It's really wonderful. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, now I, I, I love asking uh, this question and I always tune it differently, but did acting come first or was it martial arts that came first and then performance came with that? Yeah, that's an interesting question that um, I actually don't get asked often, but I, yeah, it started with my love of film. And I like fell in love with Bruce Lee. I, I fell in love with him as a performer and a martial artist. Um, and I just wanted to be him. Like that was the kind of actor I wanted to be. So it was really my love of cinema that came first. And then I was like, you know, an infant watching Bruce Lee. And I was like, I, I want to do that. Like, that's what I want to do. So I started taking martial arts classes as soon as my mom would let me. And I've been doing it ever since. Oh, my God. So that was your first sort of initiation into cinema It was Bruce Lee. Yeah, I mean, granted, like I grew up with my grandmother. She got me into old Hollywood. Like I love Lucille Ball and like, you know, all the old actors I really enjoyed. Um, but like I kind of found Bruce Lee staying up late and just watching TV. And I was like, that guy's awesome. And then like I fell in love with other martial artists that were also actors, like of course Jackie Chan, Jet Li. Um, and yeah, so that's what I want to do. That's what I wanted to be growing up. And here I am doing it <laughs> oh my well that's just it's so cool it's so different yeah I, I, this is why i love doing the show it's just you know appealing back the layers of that uh that origin story onion so to speak so 
you you're growing up, you're watching Bruce Lee, you know, in your your teens, late night, you're studying martial arts. Did you ever have, you know, an inkling that, oh, maybe I should do something else or focus on something else as a backup? Or were you always dead set on acting in martial arts? Yeah, I didn't believe that it was a possibility for me. I really didn't. I didn't think that because I, I grew up with not a lot of means. Like I was raised by like a single mother who did everything she could to like, you know, give me everything she could. But like we were lower middle lower middle class and um, we couldn't really afford like the only reason why I could afford taking martial arts classes because I started teaching it really young. So, and I would like try to volunteer. I just wanted to be in it. Um, and because of that, and because of like my mom, you know, also working with the coach there, I was just able to continue to take those classes and I couldn't afford, we couldn't afford acting classes as much as I wanted to do it. Um, so yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent. I forget what we were talking about. <laughs> no, it's perfect. No, I mean, we're still talking about how, uh, you know, you just sort of built this sort of um, really impressive martial arts resume along with acting. And I mean, you, acting classes are crazy expensive. And, you know, unless you have the means to do it, there's other ways of finding it, hopefully locally. Uh, yeah. But did you dive into like local theater or seeing, you know, whichever school you went to, if they had like a theater class? Did you ever look into that? Yeah, I actually, I did. I did try to take a couple classes in college. I started studying pre-law I thought I was going to be a lawyer like I thought that's what was going to happen and that didn't happen I ended up graduating with an English um, major Italian minor um, because I was like oh I could go to grad school and do whatever and I just ended up taking acting classes like locally are much cheaper than New York New York classes are crazy expensive I've tried it um but yeah I, I found a really great local coach his name's Brian Fox from Wayne Pennsylvania and I still work with him like I over zoom as much as I can because he's fantastic and we just we get along really well and he understands me so but yeah I didn't start actually trying to be an actor until about five years ago Oh, wow. Good for you. That It's crazy. The, the journey is, uh, it's different for everybody, right? So when you started it, were you, it's not like you're just kind of having fun seeing where it went. Did you have any aspirations to model, you know, the careers of Jet Li, Jackie, Bruce, or like Michelle Yeoh? Did you look at anybody like that? Or were you just trying to make your own sort of career out of it and see what would happen? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely something I wanted to do when I was little. And I had those thoughts when I had started to be an actor, but I was like, hmm, I doubt that I'll ever reach that. I just started taking acting classes and thinking, well, I really enjoy it. It helps me understand people more. And I mean, I, I guess I thought something would come of it. And I thought maybe I'll make a nice little living doing this, making doing some commercials, non-union stuff. But I never would have anticipated doing it full time. And I never would have anticipated like, having now the potential people know that I'm a martial artist so they're like let's see what you can do in films and I'm like yeah let's freaking do that that's what I've always wanted to do um but yeah my entire life I never thought it was a possibility until it started to actually happen that's so cool it, you know what that's where you find that strive in, in your career right you're not expecting it you're just doing it because it's fun it's something you're interested in I see it in a lot of people that I work with too and one of the uh the cooler aspects of starting out especially in acting, which is such a weird industry to jump into, is your first time on set, you know, filming either a short film or a non-union industrial. What was your first on set experience like? Did it feel kind of surreal, you know, like the cameras on you, lights around you? Yeah, well, actually, my first my very first on set experience was like a legit set. 
I decided to try background work to see what it was like. And I did it for the film Split because like I was still in Philly at the time. Yes, I was still in Philly at the time. And I was like, okay, let me see what this is like. So I was working very closely with M. Night to the point where I was just doing background and he ended up requesting from the casting office, which I did the background through to keep me for um, being the double for all the lead girls. So I worked with him way more than I expected because it was, I was doubling Anya Taylor-Joy and some of the other girls that were lead in the film because they had already wrapped and they needed like certain body parts of like, like arms and stomach and stuff like that. And we were like the same, we just looked the same from up to down. And yeah, I just remember like shaking being on set with uh, Knight, who's the sweetest guy, by the way. He's like so nice. He's so chill. We were, we're talking like books and stuff like that. He was really cool to the point where like James McAvoy was on set. I didn't even see him. He, and I didn't know this until later because my mom was with me and she told me and she was like, Lauren, you're such an idiot. <laughs> He thought I was walking to him. James McAvoy thought I was walking to him and he was like ready to say hi. And I walked right past him to go to M night. And then my mom told me later, like he thought you were going to introduce yourself. He was excited to meet a fan. I was like, I'm so stupid. Why? But I didn't. I didn't I just saw M. Night and I was like oh my god I'm such a fan Philly man like let's talk um yeah it was I still think about that and cringe because I would have loved the opportunity to speak to James McAvoy because he's really an incredible actor and seems really cool um but yeah that was my first on-set experience so everything after that was like easy peasy there are so many listeners right now who are just tuning into this and going, wait your first on-set experience was split with M. Night what the I, we're just throwing up our hands like we, we're not worthy <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing dude honestly i wasn't acting yet i just was yeah. dipping in seeing what it was like i forget when when that was like 2016 or something so it was like a year before i actually started acting and i just wanted to see what it was like see what it was like to be on set see what it was like to be on a legit film set and see what it's like to listen to a director and it was just wild like m night was cool because like the actors would be acting and he would be like, come here, come here. And he would like, let me watch on the monitor with him. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like I was freaking out because he's just the coolest guy. And um, yeah, it, I'll cherish that moment forever. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's such a pertinent experience to have. I mean, like you said, it was before you really focusing on it and you had firsthand experience on a professional set. I mean, that's incredibly uh, impressionable on you, I'm sure, as far as like just jumping into the industry, seeing what a set has to be run like. I mean, that's that's just insane. It was wild. And I'll say also for the listeners, like Anya Taylor-Joy is such a sweetheart. Like she's truly, I had nowhere to sit for lunch and I'm looking around like, you know, when you're in high school and you're just like, oh, where do I sit? I feel alone. She's like, come sit here. And it was with her and the two leads. It was just a table of her and the two leads. And she was just like talking to me and stuff. And I was just like, I'm literally nobody. And you're just treating me so nicely. And I, and she was just a sweetheart. And I'm so happy for all the success she continues to just experience. I'm so excited for her. Yeah, that, you know, that's great to hear. Cause you never know when you're working with, you know, any caliber of actor, right? How they're going to be. And it's, uh, most of the time, it's wonderful, because you do have ex experiences like that. And I don't know, that's just, that's really cool that you had that that experience working one with M night, but also on, you know, one of his most creative films to come out in recent years. And I'm sure that little fire under you, right. As far as, you know, wanting to get into this. Yeah, because, okay. He was giving one of the, I, I forget the other lead actress. Um, I know that she was white and she had like blonde hair. That's all I can remember about her. She was great though. And he was directing her. Yeah, I forget her name. I forget her name. Um, <laughs> 
she was one of the three leads. He was directing her and um, like I could tell, he's so fun to watch direct because like he watches the actor and he like jolts forward, like he feels it and he's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. And he gets like really excited. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this. And I felt like as someone who was an aspiring actor, I was understanding what he wanted from the actor, like immediately. I was like, I could do this. Like, I know what he wants. Like I could, I could do this. Yeah. Um, so if it was really inspiring. Cause I was like, if, if I was in front of the camera, I feel like I would know what he wants. I would know how to communicate with the director and tell the story they want to tell. And it made me so inspired and just like, I just wanted to do it so badly. I wanted to be like, put me in front of the camera. I can do it. I, can, I know what you want. I can do it. Um, so yeah, like it was just, it was all acting classes after that. I was like, I got to do this. I got to find a way to work with M. Night. Hopefully I do in the future. I've definitely auditioned a lot for him, um, but still haven't found it part so he keeps bringing me back so hopefully let's manifest it now it happens because i yes. love it. manifest like the fact that he's also from philly like it just it's amazing what were the the next few years like for you before i mean obviously we're gonna touch on terrifier too which has blown up the box office and is like one of the most successful horror movies of the last i don't know five ten years but yeah. what were the next few years like for you after that taking acting classes probably obviously working your, you know, your butt off uh, your day job, acting classes, auditioning. What were those years like for you as far as becoming a professional actor? I remember getting fired from a lot of restaurants. <laughs> Mainly, I'm not the greatest server. Like I could not, like as I can remember lines, but I can't remember an order and I don't understand it. Like I give me 10 pages of lines, I'll learn it in a day, but in order, it just can't, it just doesn't stick. And it's probably because I don't really care about it. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> but I just remember like always putting acting first. Like as soon as I started in 2017, if I got an audition, I would tell my boss, can't make it tomorrow. Sorry. Got to drive, got to drive to New York. Like can't. And so of course I got fired, um, from a lot of restaurants and I was sad because like, you know, free food, that was cool. But um, <laughs> just a lot of hard work, man. A lot of no's like as an actor, like you just get like, I mean, not everybody knows this, but like you have to hear like a thousand no's before you get a yes, like a thousand. And the amount of actors that are going up for the same role, and I don't want to call it competition because it doesn't feel like that. It feels more like we're all bringing our own essence to the role and sometimes it fits and sometimes it doesn't. Kind of like vanilla and chocolate are both delicious, but sometimes the director just wants chocolate, you know, and then maybe they'll ask for vanilla for the next project. So um, yeah, it was just a lot of hard work. I just remember driving up to New York, which for, which I was living in Philly at the time when I first started. So it was a nightmare driving two and a half to three hours to New York for a 10 minute audition and then driving two to three hours back. Like I just remember being like, oh my God, when am I going to book something? Um, so yeah, I just remember like a lot of frustration, but also like when you're doing it, when you're doing the job, it always felt so, for me, it felt right. I was like, okay, like, this is what I'm meant to do because I feel the most like myself when I'm an actor. And I just remember going through times and thinking like, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't, but then I'd work and I'm like, no, I got to do this. I really love doing this, but it's just hard. It's just a lot of no's and a lot of rejection and you develop thick skin from it. But I think in the end, once you do have a project that people actually care about it feels worth it yeah and it seems like you've reached that sort of precipice this year you know of 
essentially bleeding all of her different sides and self tapes, just pouring your heart and soul into it. And now everyone's seeing Terrifier 2. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping that gives you this sort of trampoline leap into the next phase of your career because it's much deserved. Acting is one of the hardest careers to to stick with, right? I mean, like you said, you're on a high for a non-union that buys out, you know, $2,500 for like six years and you get that check, but then there's nothing for, <laughs> for a couple of months. So, I, I mean, as far as the Terrifier 2 process for auditioning I mean, what was that like was it just a self-tape did you have a connection from the first one I mean what what was that like for you to jump into that world totally no connection from the first one I didn't see the first one I knew it existed because I saw the gnarly poster of Art the Clown I was like that looks rad I gotta see that <laughs> to doing it um but yeah it was my initial was just a self-tape and it was probably like at home, like this, like this is my setup with my coach and or over Zoom or something like that. And I had to do two of those. And then I did one in person with Damien. And that was a chemistry read with Elliot, who plays Jonathan, and Casey, that plays Allie. And also Samantha Scafidi from the first film was there. And she's fantastic. And Damien told me that same day, which is unlikely. Like, directors don't do that. They will usually reach out to casting and casting we'll call your agent. But Damien, like we were like, it was funny because Damien asked me about Elliot before he told me I got the part. Like Elliot had already left and I was just hanging out and talking with him and Sam. And he was like, so what do you think of, what do you think of Elliot for the part of Jonathan? I was like, yeah, I think he's great. Like he was asking my opinion. And I was like, dude, I don't have the part yet. Why are you asking me this? So I'm just like, yeah, he's amazing. You should totally cast him. He was like, oh, you got the part by the way. And I was like, oh, okay cool, man, let's, let's do it. Like, it was just really, it was bizarre. It was such a strange experience. I'm grateful for it, but definitely like a shock when it happened. I was like, what is going on? Cool. Like, yeah, let's do it. That's great. So. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I could probably count on one hand how many times in the history of filmmaking that has happened in the room. That's so cool. Never happens. And it's funny because like I told my agent and he was like, well, well don't accept it yet. We have to like talk about like, <laughs> no, I already did. Sorry. Like, <laughs> my bad like like you're not supposed to do that but I was excited to work with Damien he seemed so cool and uh, just work on the project that seemed really interesting and something like I've never done before it felt like a challenge so I was like yeah let's do it oh my god well what was the uh the filming like for that because I I'll be honest I still haven't seen Terrifier 2 yet I, I've seen the first one the second one I started like I just had lasagna I'm gonna wait a little bit this was yeah. not a good idea uh <laughs> Smart move. Um, yeah, very good move there. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a different type of film than Terrifier One. There's still an abundance of gore. There's still an abundance of this this like mean behavior from art, but there is like a story at its core, which is why I was interested in it. I was interested in a character that had an arc and went through growth and had flaws, and I was like, yeah, I want to dig my teeth in this. This seems really cool, and it also like is kind of. It, it like there's a lot of camp trickled in so there's a lot of humor so it just felt like just a fun new experience for me but it was definitely a very tough one like it was hard <laughs> a lot of hours on set a lot of hours on set and I was mainly wearing the costume which you know wasn't super comfortable but overall it was one of my favorite experiences ever because of the people I was working with, like the crew was incredible. I've made lifelong friends on that set. And it's just a testament to the people that Damien have, has brought to this film set. Like he, 
he he brought people that cared about their craft and it felt really inspiring and I don't know it just emboldened me to want to work even harder so yeah I just look back on it now with rose-colored glasses and I'm like that was amazing even though as we were doing it I was exhausted and freezing and tired and I just wanted to go home but now I look back like oh that was that was good times so um, <laughs> so yeah it was it was definitely great one of my favorite experiences to date isn't it funny how that works out when you're on your 14th hour on set and your ankles out, you're bruised, you tore something, probably you want to go home and sleep, but yeah, you look back and it's the best night of your life. <laughs> so. and it's funny because Damien said that often. He was like, I'm telling you law, you're going to look back and you're going to see with rose colored glasses. You're going to love it. And I'm like, all right, Dan, whatever. And now I'm like, shit, he was right. Like I would go back and I would do it again. Like the whole experience over again, because the film, I mean, now it's great that people are seeing it, but the filming part is my favorite part as an actor. Like that's what, that's my job. So I love to like dig my teeth in and work with people who all have the same goal or similar goals. And it's just such a beautiful, it just makes me love film and, you know, this industry for that reason. Now I have to, I have to ask you, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but what's uh without spoiling anything what's what's next for you as far as not only you know work but what any goals you want to accomplish in the next year anything else you're focusing on as well that you could share with our listeners yeah i i was you know just this past like three days i was sent like five different scripts and um both from america and overseas so i'm really excited about that so i'd love to just do just take on more roles that are challenging for me. Like there's this one, I actually have a meeting with them, I think next Monday. Um, it, it's just so different than what I've done. And it's reminiscent of films that I love. So I'm really excited to see how I bring this character to life. Cause I've seen actors bring similar characters to life and I've fallen in love with them. So I, I just know it'll be a challenge for me. So I'm like, okay, this isn't really usually in my wheelhouse. So I'm really excited to, you know, dig my teeth in. But yeah, man, like I said, I really would love to do more martial arts based films. And I was reached out. I mean, I'm under NDA, but I was reached out from by someone that it seemed like it might include martial arts so I'm like I hope that happens please let that happen um so we'll see I mean yeah um, a lot of them I can't really talk about but there's definitely stuff I'm working on right now there are scripts that I'm reading through that I absolutely love so I'm hoping that I can start to talk about it soon because they're really just such talented writers and directors that I would love to work with I mean, you said you, you can't say anything, but you're holding up a Marvel and a DC logo <laughs> on each side of your of your head. What's uh, what's going on? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic. That's so cool. It, it, it's um, I, I forgot what my my coach labels it as, and I'm going to kick myself for forgetting it. But there's this um, this kind of like flow that yeah. comes with a certain part of your career where things are just coming in and it's up to you to sift it out and see what you want to do next so i'm so excited for you dude this is gonna be fantastic this is just the beginning i want to you know touch base in the next year and see where you are because i'm sure it's just going to be like project on top of project you'll probably be too like famous or busy to sit down and talk uh you know uh with a podcast but uh you brought up the m night or the james mcavoy story and i don't know it's gonna be hard to top that one but i always ask our guests if they have a party story they could share with our listeners. So something that's happened during your career that uh, has been so impactful, so 
immense on your memory that you could easily recant it at a party. Do you have something kind of goofy or crazy or scary you could share with our listeners? Totally. I probably have multiple that it's hard to think of on the spot, but there's definitely one. Okay. So like I said, I didn't take many acting classes, but I did take one in college. And in that acting class, we had to like write a whole essay of a, an actor that inspired us and blah, blah, blah. And I chose Sally Field. I love Sally Field. She's incredible. Um, a couple years ago, actually, as I was filming Terrifier 2, I worked on the show called Dispatches from Elsewhere, created by J um, Jason Siegel. And it was funny because, like, my scene was with Jason Siegel, so I felt really comfortable talking to him. Like, we, we kind of hit it off, and we were, like, you know, shooting the shit. It was cool to talk to him. But then we all did a table read, and then Sally Field walks in because she is in the show. I unfortunately didn't have a scene with her, but we did all read together. And I look at Jason Siegel and I'm like, dude, you have no idea. I, I love Sally Field. Like I love her. And I thought she might be there that day. So I brought her autobiography like with me. And I was like, should I introduce myself? Is that weird? Like, am I a creep? Like, and he was like, go introduce yourself. It's not a big deal. Like you're cool. So I remember taking a deep breath, like, okay, like I'm talking to Jason Siegel, like it's nothing. I'm going to go introduce myself to Sally Field and I'm going to be so cool about it. I'm going to be so smooth. And I, I go up to her and I'm like, I keep my head like held high and I'm holding her book like in my arm and I, and I approach her and I'm like, Sally, I love you so much. I'm your baby. <laughs> I fangirled so hard over her and she was like, so like, Hey, what's the hi? Like, how are you? Like she was, she was so sweet about it. And I like told her, I was like, I wrote an essay about you in college and I love your work. Like you inspired me to be an actor. And she was like, Whoa, an essay. Like, I, I think I scared that poor woman, but she was really sweet. She autographed my auto, my copy of her autobiography. And uh, yeah, it was probably the, my dorkiest moment, <laughs> but I loved it. it fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure she went home that night and thought it was the most adorable thing, but I could only imagine in the moment how scary that might be. Horrified. She's like, whoa, hey, nice to meet you. Like, it's Bates. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she's just, she was fantastic and really sweet. And um, yeah, I was really strange that day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when somebody does that to you in the future, you just have to keep in mind, Sally kept her cool. You got to keep your cool too. <laughs> It's actually, dude, it happened like at a con, like the con I did this weekend, a couple people were like shaking when they oh met me. God. I was like, I'm nobody. Like, I'm nobody. Like, why are you doing this? But I was like, I tried to make them as comfortable as possible. I gave them like the biggest hugs. Like I was so honored that they cared enough to shake when they met me. And I was like, holy God. I was like, God, I really got to do better for you. Like every job I take has to be amazing for you, you specifically. So it was, it was pretty incredible. And um, wow. yeah. Hey, you're, you're an official scream queen now. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Do you not want to take that responsibility? <laughs> I'm happy about it, but it, it's weird. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just not something I would have ever anticipated like five years ago, like taking my first acting class. So Yeah. Oh my God. Well, as we uh, as we close up, Miss uh, Scream Queen, uh, that is that is your official title. Uh, I do want to ask if you have any advice and maybe some advice that has helped you along the years that you could pass along to our listeners, whether they are somebody who is just now trying to start out or they've been in it for a while, but something you've sort of held on to that you could pass along that's helped you in the past. 
That's a great question. A lot of things, but I definitely, my, my, the most important advice I can give someone starting out, if they want to be an actor is take classes. The very first audition I did, I didn't take any classes and it wasn't a big deal because it was a student film. And when I tell you the moment I walked in the room, I lost all my lines. I just stood there and I was like, uh, and they were like, it's okay. Like they were super sweet. They were like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Like, you know, take a breath and start over. And like, I was like, I have to go. I, I don't think I can do this. That, that was my very first audition. Like my very first, again, it was a student film, wasn't a big deal, but like, I remember getting in my car and I was like, <clears throat> I need acting classes. I need to do this. So, and thank God I did it because it's prepared me for this moment and it's prepared me for everything along the way. I mean, definitely that. And not only that, find your people, find your community because it's a really hard business. And like I said, you're going to hear a lot of no's and it, that doesn't mean that they're rejecting you as a person. It just means like you weren't right for that specific role and that's okay. Like I said, it's all about taste. Like you might be butterscotch and even though butterscotch is delicious, they're looking for, you know, Oreo, whatever. So like they want Oreo, but they will want butterscotch eventually. So make sure to always bring yourself to the character, always work. It only gets harder, but the challenge makes it more fun and more interesting. And just keep up on your craft, find your people, find your community and try to have as much fun as you can is really the best advice I can give. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's perfect advice. In fact, uh, I have a title for your memoir, you know, 60, 70 years from now called The Right Butterscotch. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. So find your flavor and try to bring that each time because your flavor is important. And even though it might not be the flavor that they want for that specific project, your flavor, someone will want your flavor for sure. Exactly, exactly. And as we wrap up, uh, anything that I can give a shout out to outside of obviously Terrifier 2, uh, but it could be a, an organization, a charity, something you really believe in that I could pass along with your episode. Oh my God, that's such a big question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Definitely try to try. It's hard to say donate because I know it's like it's hard times and people are struggling, but try to bring awareness or donate to the women in the Middle East right now. That would be amazing. Um, any charity you can think of. I can't think of any on the top of my head, but I'll continue to keep like sharing them in my stories on Instagram. So if I if you find a link and if it's within your means, see if you can do that. Um but yeah, just try to be kind to one another and have a good weekend, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Killed it. Crushed it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say again, Lauren, this has been fantastic. I, I've had so much fun chatting with you. I'm. It's only been a half hour, so maybe in the future we can extend it to more, uh, given the fact that we are both over-caffeinated individuals. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, uh, favorite <laughs> Celsius flavor before I do my final thing for the recording. You know what, man? Whatever isn't like um, sparkling, because like like I said, sometimes I'll drink a Celsius that's sparkling, and I'll be teaching a class, and I'll be like belchy, and I'll be like trying to like move the mic so I won't burp. But like whatever, like most flavors are good for me, but just as long as they're not sparkling, because that makes me belch a lot, and it's gross. Um, what about what's your favorite? Well, okay, I I love uh, tropical vibe. That's that's usually my go-to, uh, but I also stick away from sparkling because when I'm coaching other people, 
I'd get the same thing. And it drives me nuts. Oh my God. But it's only fun when you're telling them to do burpees because it's funny, but you also get to laugh because like they get to do burpees. (laughs) Burpees with a belch, like burp. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, As I, uh, I wrap up this recording here, I'm going to ask you, have you ever seen Wayne's world? uh, The movie? Oh, it's been a long time, but yeah, I did. I did see it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you a silent Wayne's world countdown. Uh, from three, two, one. When I point, give me your best verbal awkward goodbye, and I'll stop the recording from there. Say it again. My best. You your uh, your best verbal awkward goodbye. My best verbal is that is that a reference from the movie? Yes. Yeah. So they uh, when they switch studios and like the sponsors take over, they drop the blue screen, and the cameraman just does a countdown. He points to them, and when he points, they're they're shooting, and both uh-huh. Wayne and Garth cannot say anything. And Garth is doing this like like stutter stutter murmuring you know like just something really awkward. So that's how I close every episode. It's such an obscure reference, but I have to stick with it. We're 120 episodes in by now. Love it. So can I speak or just like an awkward goodbye? Oh, please speak. Okay, please speak. All right, you ready? (laughs) You got this, dude. Here we go. In three. But...